Hello, 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 and welcome to Good Talk. My name is Mark Little. And I'm Marie Murataya. Oh, and today's episode is brought to you by the fantastic, fabulous, and wonderful folks at Bean Chata. When horchata just won't do, Bean Chata is the drink for you, fully endorsed by Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber? Yeah. Nice. No, Justin Bieber. Oh. Darn it. Oi. Oi. Yeah, Justin Bieber, international superstar, if you will. Yes, he's amazing. He is amazing. So on this episode, uh-huh. and I'm already correcting my grammar, but I should not have started that sentence with so. Hmm. Start over. <laughs> oh, from the top. Hello and uh. welcome to Good Talks. My name is Mark Little. And I'm Marie Murataya. On this episode of Bean Chata is brought to you by Good Talks. When horchata just won't do, Bean Chata and Mountain Dew, fully endorsed by Justin Bebler. Oh, okay. Now I have to tell you a story because you said Mountain Dew and it made me go on a tangent. Just a quick, fun way to open up the podcast. The sure, but first day... I'll tell you a better story. When I was young, no, just kidding, go ahead. Rude. The other day I was talking to... Um, the custodian at the school where I work, he is one of the nicest gentlemen I've ever met. Why does he have to be a he? Just because he's a custodian. This is just who this human is. I Jeez, mean, this I seems pretty sexist already. Well, he identifies with a he. It, oh, fair enough. I mean, All right, keep going. I don't know what more I can do for you. So you're talking to um, the custodian who's the nicest ta- gentleman in the world. He just is like, he's like, how's your day going? I was like, I had just been dealing with a crazy little child, you know, mm-hmm. and he could see it on my face. He's like got some crazy ones i was like yeah he goes you know what i recommend i was like what he goes just give him some diet mountain dew and then what else did he say maybe some twizzlers or something else like wow yeah it was just a funny combination i was like okay nice you know and he and he kept like saying he's totally joking obviously oh seriously yes okay okay but it was just it was just a funny thing because he's he's very comical and likes to he likes to ease the tension Mm -hmm. with a joke yeah. Much like somebody else I know. I know people like that. And some people even say I'm like that. Uh-huh. Oh, was that? I'm the somebody that's else. That's what I was oh, insinuating. My gosh. Excellent. Excellent. Um, and speaking were you, of... Were you insinuating or were you implying it? Well, I guess I was implying it. I don't and know. And you inferred it. Mm, I sure did. Please, go ahead. So, we actually, on that note, are talking about sarcasm today, which... Some might say is along the lines of comedically easing tension. It could be. It it could be. All right. Insinuating. Hold on. I just wanted to find it of real course. quick. Sorry. I just have to. Mark, you don't. I believe you. No, I'm, we don't have to I'm not doing it. Blast I'm not doing it for you. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for the value of everyone out there who's listening so that they don't keep using it in that same way. Um, insinuating, hinting at something bad in an indirect and unpleasant way. That's the first definition. Second definition, using subtle manipulation to maneuver oneself into a favorable position. So insinuating, although people use it instead of implying, it's not the same thing. It okay. has it has a negative connotation. I'm not I'm not trying to make fun of you here. I'm just this is literally for the um, at least thousands of people out there who use it the same way. Because I always think the same thing. And I had a conversation with someone about this years ago. And I was like, I don't think that means what you think it means. And he was like, yes, it does. I was like, well. Uh, and I, I didn't Google it at the time because he would have 
it would have been a he would have, he would have exploded. It would have been hard, hard for his ego. But well, I'm uh, glad I'm not an explosive person. Well, me too. Uh, yeah. Speaking of sarcasm, <laughs> today we are discussing sarcasm on the podcast, and it came about because yesterday we were having a conversation about communication. I believe we were having a conversation about communication. How exactly did this come about? That because. Okay, not to tell too many boring details, but I confronted you because I had recently tried at like five minutes prior to this conversation. Uh I had tried to tell you something just to get it off my chest. Something about me and another person. Oh, five minutes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So it wasn't anything between you and me. It was just I wanted to express this feeling that I had. And in your mind i think you were like i've heard you talk about this a lot and Mm -hmm. you're not changing it so you got very kind of like you basically told me that but and it was kind of i was kind of like oh you're honest but i got kind of irritated at that because i was like i just wanted you to listen right so fair on each side but um then it kind of then now i remember it turned into a mature conversation about communication it wasn't sure I remember now I was like, then I started thinking because I've, you know, people always talk about comedy is a, uh, what's the word? Uh, deflection. Defense mechanism. Defense mechanism. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh, sarcasm has to be too. So I gave that a quick Google and was, um, not too surprised by the results, I guess. And yeah. some, some, some random website. Uh was talking about how sarcasm sarcasm is more or less uh yeah just not saying exactly what you feel but just kind of implying what you feel by the way by the tone that you use so and then so we just got into a discussion about more clear communication instead and and what that's like yeah, and I now that I remember, just because now I'm remembering all more clearly, the hmm. whole situation was I was admitting to you with this other situation, with this other person, Yeah, I'm sarcastic and it's not taken well. Um, and you asked me if it was something that you had imparted upon me, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what it was, because you're very sarcastic, especially in times of conflict. Yeah. And so I was, and I was like, no, I always had a sarcastic not a huge sarcastic bone in my body, but I've always had this like tendency to like throw a quick line in. Mm -hmm. And if I know with certain people it'll work, I for sure I'm more confident to do it. Like you're more experimental. You're like, I don't care. I'm just going to try. Whereas I'm like, I know I'm going to, it's going to work. I'll do it now, you know? Sure. So I only do it with certain people. And, um, yeah, you were worried that, that you had, that I was in yeah, such yeah. a way, but I was like, no, if anybody influenced me to be a sarcastic, it was my sister who is actually six and a half years younger than me. Mm. So thanks kid. Nice. Yeah. So that, that was an interesting conversation. Yeah. And then, uh, so it kind of ended up with us saying, or at least me saying, all right, I'm going to try and just be direct as much as possible yes. or at least almost in kind of a you know, mindfulness meditation way, be aware of where I'm, when I'm being sarcastic right, which is good. and figure out kind of why I'm doing it in that moment, which is, it's kind of fun. Um, and, yeah. but then just now I was reading more articles and this uh, one article, it, it had some, a lot of the same points and it was saying things like, um, in certain studies, it found that for example, 
being direct to someone who's smoking if you go up to them and say like oh it's clear that you don't care very much about your lungs or <laughs> if you go up to them and say oh man it looks like you really care a lot about your lungs um they find the sarcastic one to be more uh effective no more uh painful more um oh yeah. it's harsher yeah. it's, it's a harsher thing to say which it's funny because you're just like, oh yeah, duh. But I don't really, I don't really think of it like that. But I guess, I guess I could, I could see that because it's. I think it just depends on the conversation. Sure. It was funny because yesterday after you and I had that conversation, I w- it was really funny in the moment because for about an hour after the conversation, you were really mindful of it, and maybe yeah. I caught you about two or three times being sarcastic. Yeah. But really, you were most for the most part, pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then I had, was planning on having dinner at my mom's house with my sister. Um, and we were having a very good conversation and yeah. I was catching myself. I didn't pull any of those comments, but typically around my family, that's when it'll come out the most. Sure. And I was just super silent. And I think they could tell I was like holding a lot back, but it was just like, <laughs> I'm trying I was not trying. to be mean. I was really yeah. trying because you know, I think in because it's my family, like they don't they know I'm being sarcastic, but then they're like, but we know why kind of thing. Like because I'm trying to be on it. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to shed light on a certain behavior that maybe sure. I'm not okay with or something sure. like that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And that I mean, isn't that that's kind of exactly what the the definition of it is of sarcasm mm-hmm. is is like you don't want to directly say what's bothering you or what behavior you're trying to eliminate but you're like oh yeah that was that was a great joke uh, grandma <laughs> you know or whatever yeah. and sure you, or, oh glad so, grandma's still not racist uh whatever things like that yeah so being sarcastic is basically being passive aggressive right uh kind of yeah more or less more or less it seems okay. like um but then, you know, I was just, just reading through the articles on like Scientific America or something. And it was talking about how at the same time they found that sarcasm could also boost people's creativity. Um, so, <laughs> so like, uh, I don't know exactly what the example was, but basically a uh, boss making a sarcastic comment to an employee rather than just straight out you know berating them or whatever Mm -hmm. um somehow boosts their creativity and the employees yeah and i think both parties actually because there is a level of um creativity involved with being sarcastic Mm -hmm. so you have to you have to be able to abstract your tone from your words or your words from your tone yeah so that's kind of interesting it's interesting to think that it makes people more creative and then it was saying People um, with Alzheimer's, schizophrenia, and autism have a very difficult time oh, yeah. discerning sarcasm because, you know, it's, communication is difficult enough already. Well, and I've done, you know, a little bit of research, at least with the autism side of it. And mm-hmm. with that, it's because sarcasm takes it, it's figurative. It's not literal. Mm-hmm. So and abstract. W- yeah. It's, and it's abstract. That's exactly it. And yeah. Um, and not every individual with autism, but there oh, sure. is a tendency if you have autism and if you have a hard time with those abstract concepts, then you're most likely not going to be able to decode essentially sarcasm either quickly or you might 
you might have had to like I because when I was working in the junior high setting I used to work I used to play games where we had to read sarcastic comments and learn what they meant basically make inferences Mm -hmm. oh interesting yeah you want you want those kids to be able to understand sarcasm well because then they're in social think about it you have any individual who can't understand sarcasm whether they have autism or not but if they're in a social situation and they don't get it and and it's something where it might influence a certain action sure like if someone's like man that. i really wish you would get a little closer to me yeah and then they're like and okay they already might not get personal space so you're screwed right face to face you know but like so there are certain social situations now if they like i've had kids who didn't care about it they didn't care that they didn't get it. i had one little guy not little he was he was bigger than me was a seventh grader sure and he would come in he would just sit there and i'd be like come on like we're gonna do this this I don't care. I know I don't get it. I don't care. Mm. And it was interesting. He didn't want to be there. He wasn't motivated. But then you're just like, he was a very smart kid. There were other things we could work on. There were other things he had was preferred doing. He, he wasn't, he was antisocial because he wasn't comfortable talking to other people, but he didn't care that people didn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he'd make a great engineer. He was a nice guy. He wasn't hurtful or harmful or didn't say anything alarming. Like it wasn't. But he didn't want to work on that abstract. It was hard. It's yeah. hard for people, you know. I wonder if, like, did he, do you think he really didn't care or mm-hmm. that he, you know, developed a, I don't care because he'd gone through so many years of just not being able to do it? No, I, I, I think for him, he really didn't he was, care. Yeah. There were other kids because there were other kids that, yeah, you're like, no, you really just, yeah, it's too you, hard for you. You just don't want to do the work. Yeah. You don't want to do the work. He was like, I mean, this kid could. He was my kid who, and this is a totally different concept, but he could um, uh, solve a Rubik's Cube in like 26 seconds mm. or something. Yeah. And like, At that point, you don't even need friends, so it doesn't well, matter. That, and that's what I'm saying. Like, and But he was kind. He wasn't. Yeah. But he would say certain things. Like, he was one of those kids who'd be like, her, her armpits really smell. Like, about <laughs> the yeah. kid, girl next to him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he was very just like, just this is said, what I'm noticing about the environment. He said what he noticed, yeah. And, you know, he... You're one he probably told me my hair was messy one day. I've had kids tell me that before. Like sure. that are you know, they're like, Your hair looks different, doesn't look as good. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, thanks. Yeah, damn appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Except that's sarcastic. Yeah, like, actually I don't appreciate that comment, well, Lorenzo. And then, and then you have to be yeah, you have to be a little bit literal, obviously, because yeah. that's the only way. So there are certain things. So for those people, you just teach them like we worked on him advocating for himself. Sure. And telling people you know, worked on what it sounds like when someone's being sarcastic and maybe tell them, you know, I only, I, I take things literally just so you know, and, and that's it. Sure. Or I don't want to look in your eyes or, or give you eye contact or whatever. Yeah. You know, what's funny so. is that in those articles, they're talking about if you're trying to deal with people who are sarcastic, one strategy is to literally, well, literally take everything they say literal. Yeah. Um, and act as if it's what they actually are meaning. So if I'm like, oh man, I really wish you would get a little closer, you're just like, get closer. Oh, so like, sounds like something that you and I have done before. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it hasn't worked on you yet, but uh, I'm still trying. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just think, I just find it interesting that that is um, yeah. what that kid would inherently do anyways. Yeah. Is just take it all at face value. And then, exactly. and then eventually the other people are like, okay, this is nothing I'm saying is working. So I better uh, just, just shape up and, and shoot straight. Yeah. Shape up and shoot straight. Yeah. I will say though, uh, it was, 
and it is, and I haven't been doing it as much today probably, but yesterday it was very fun to, you know, it, you feel your brain working in a different way. You're like, oh, okay, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm catching myself. It's, it's nice to, sometimes it's nice, sometimes it's hell to catch the patterns you do. Uh, it's, it, it's a wake up call sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I guess it's always, it's always nice. It's not, I, I don't know if it's always nice, but the op, the optimistic side of me wants to say that it's always nice to catch your bad patterns. Sure. Well, in the end. Yeah. If you're, if you're willing to work on them. Sure. Exactly. So it was fun. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I look forward to con- continuing, uh, to do that. But I, I do like being sarcastic. I was going to say, and there's a part of me that's, you know, it's part of the fun with you. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you and I, I feel like before we were even dating, we could be sarcastic with each other. Sure. And it was just fun. Sure. And, but I think that if you're in a situation, if we're having a deep conversation or something, right, right. you know, then there's, there's moments. And like I said, yesterday when I was with my family, I knew I knew the time wasn't appropriate. And sure. while I was right there ready, and I think, I, I won't say it was you that's influenced me. If anything, it's what? just being an, imp, uh, an improv. To be sarcastic? Not to be sarcastic, but to not, to just let anything, like whatever your reaction is out oh, of yeah. your mouth. That's what I love because, about improv. And I love it, and but I, and I do it very consistently. So yesterday, what I felt like I was doing more than, more than trying to, like obviously the first step is just like holding back. Mm-hmm. And an improv, we're kind of taught not to. Yeah. And I think that's where I just come up with like being able to just say whatever comes to my mind so yeah. quickly. So. But you know what's another improv thing is saying what you mean. Yes. And, and, and over communicating. Uh huh. And mm-hmm. that's something that uh, I've taught in our classes, but probably not as much and as uh, strictly as I should. Right. Because it's, it's definitely something. It's like no. I think some books call it no secret agents. Like you can't, you can't be in a scene and you know, someone's like, here, have another bite of the sandwich. And you're like, "Mm, it's so good. Like you have to tell them, no, this is disgusting. Oh, I hate being in scenes when my scene partner is being abstract about something. Exactly. I, because of that concept, I'm like, you can't do that to me. Like (laughs) you give me nothing, but no. And then I always, I feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, huh. but I feel like I've gotten stronger at if I am with somebody that does that, I mm-hmm. can name whatever it is or I can communicate for them essentially sure. and be like, oh, you're sad about that, you know, da, right. da, da. And that's, yeah, that's, but yeah, that's a, when you're doing improv, right? I think it's a lot like therapy session. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and that's, that's the fun of it and, and using it that way and then being able to have like characters and whatever. And then you can like do all these different things and like work through all these different like issues or whatever it is, like as these characters would do it. Right. But really you're just, just getting to go through the scenarios as yourself and see like what these different things are, mm-hmm. but like behind the little sure. box of a character, which is nice. Sure. So that's fun. And, you know, improv and psychology is just working hand in hand all the time. I guess it's really just all communication. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. That's why I love it. That's why you like improv? Uh-huh. That's why I love improv? Because it's comms? It's communication. Because it's the calm well, 101 you never got to take? I like it when it's it it sounds like my the therapy that I do, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like when it's putting, giving people 
the words to express themselves. Mm -hmm. There's some things that we do where I feel very much like we're helping each other come up with this overall expression, whatever the scene is. Mm -hmm. And I'm big on that, I guess. Uh, Explain what you mean a little bit more. I'm big on working with somebody else to communicate. And in a scene, like you're working on... Obviously, like we're given a location, but you're working on really talking about something bigger and you're talking about a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I love watching scenes um, where one person and and this is just, I think, the speech therapist in me. Mm -hmm. But I love watching scenes where one person like in real life is very nervous and has a hard time in that scene communicating. Mm -hmm. And then the other person with whatever they're saying and their support is helping the other person along. Because Mm -hmm. I think to me, I've watched those be some of the most successful and the best scenes because you watch somebody in a scene, just all of a sudden gain confidence. Mm -hmm. And like my mom was in a scene a couple weeks ago and she just let loose and had so much fun. And her scene partners were so supportive of that character Mm -hmm. that she kept building it up and up and it never died and i thought that was so awesome to watch and i've seen it with other people or yeah and my mom's not a very timid person sure but when you watch it with somebody that's even more timid and just kind of crack that shell it's so fun yeah it is cool to see and that's definitely a sign of a person who's i don't don't know if i want to say is a great improver but on the road to it is is someone who can be up there with you know, so person A is confident and person B is is lacks confidence, and person A can just be up there and just support the other person, yeah, and not outshine them and not exactly. and not kind of like tap dance around them, but just make it so all of a sudden that person who was very timid is fully a part of that scene exactly. and and is fully yeah making things happen, and I think that's a beautiful metaphor for life. Like, well, and that's what I'm saying. No, for real. That's what I love because, and this is just talking about speech therapy and communication, but Hmm. like I'm a big proponent of group, even for my preschoolers, small group settings for for language expansion and stuff. How small is a small group? Two kids. Oh, okay. Two to three kids, but two kids is really magical because, and I pair them, I try to have one that's more of the model and one that's lacking that confidence or lacking the skills a little bit more. And so it's so cool because I have like every week I see it, I feel like because because I'm strategic in how I put them together and stuff. But like I could model something, something I want them to say. And child A, let's say the one that needs more of that modeling won't imitate me. But then their peer will be saying it over and over again, and they'll start looking at their peer and engaging with their peer and taking, saying it or imitating it. I'm like, sure. I mean, I'm just the guide. I'm yeah. doing what you're doing. I'm the yep. director, and I I'm know. just like, okay, you know, 100. percent So it's it's cool, and that's that's why I think I love watching the improv scenes that are like that or being in them because mm-hmm. I've been the and I still sometimes I'm the one that lacks confidence in the scene mm-hmm. because I'm, you know, don't don't really know much about it or whatever it is but sure and yeah. that and the beauty of improv is is you can always be the confident one because there's no right answer to anything and, and i've gained that yeah. i think more but. and yeah because i think overall sorry everyone out there but it's just the fucking mentality which is just which is awesome which, which is just like so the, awesome that's and that's what uh what's his name 
what, what the last no two teachers ago that I had at Groundlings. Um, oh yeah. He was like Jake. Je- his name's Jeff. Jeff. I, I just can't remember his last name right now, but um, that was kind of one of the things he said first day. He was like, I "Promise you, once you just feel like fuck it, you're gonna do great." He's like, "Just do that." Yeah. It's like, all right, it's true. Nah, and and I agree a hundred percent because I'm I remember you know kind of sticking to the improv world we're talking about right now. Some of the most frustrating scenes or moments that I've had are the moments where I'm just like overthinking it where you're like, yeah, do something. And then you're like, oh no, like they said, try not to do stuff like that. And then all of a sudden now you're just, it, you're just in your head and you're not, exactly. you're not doing improv anymore. You're just kind of like trying to yeah match these rules and be like, the rules, yeah, for sure. And I think that's something that. I was thinking about this the other day. I think I was driving to improv class Hmm. and I was thinking about how little I've thought about the rules and some of them, obviously, like, I feel like I've been able to kind of do now just innately when I'm in a scene. A hundred percent. But there are some things when I'm like, I'll come out of a scene that, you know, everybody liked and whatever. And I'm like, we didn't even talk about what was special about today. No, hundred percent. You know what I mean? And I'm like, shoot, like, dang, I really lost sight of the rules and da da da. But then I'm like, nah. how cool is it now? Because I remember even a year ago, like I was so stuck on the rules. Like I'd watch scenes yeah. and be like, but they didn't follow any of the rules. <laughs> yes, I know you would. I know. I'd be like, that doesn't matter. But that's me. And yeah. that's, that's something that made me less mentally flexible in life. Sure. Was that like, there are, there are rules, they're there to follow them. Mark, I'll admit this to you. I'll admit this to you listeners out there. But this year back to school. I I have embraced the effort mentality hey. and not in a I'm obviously I follow all the educational guidelines and codes and like I do everything it's legal like whatever but when it comes to walking into a therapy session yeah you know like I don't know I'm just way more relaxed with it yeah because I'm like or even like even if I'm in traffic and I'm late to work because I used to be so riled up about that yeah and I'm like eh whatever hey well (laughs) you know whatever um but but i agree you can't just like any any creative thing and probably many many things uh but mainly creative stuff the rules are made to be broken like you you know you learn the rules so that you can operate within the system at first and then you're like oh i see where i don't have to do that right and you know you're like all right did i hit one rule cool like but it's not it's not a checklist that like you go through and you're like i said yes uh i made eye contact uh you know what i mean it's just uh it's just a little fun free-for-all yeah it is it really is so well on that note this has been a good talk it's been fun my name is Mark Little. And I'm Marie Murataya. And this episode is brought to you by the fantastic, wonderful, and fabulous folks at Bean Chata. Bean Chata. One horror just won't do. Bean Chata is the drink for you. Flanders by Justin Bieber. And. Cereal Chicken. Folks, are you ready for the excitement of Cereal Chicken now coming at you in three new flavors? That's right. We now have Jerk Style plantain style and barbecue cereal chicken the chicken for you bye